Welcome back, everybody, to Rodeo Radio, episode 70. And before I introduce uh, my special guest, I got some special announcements. So now, um, I need everybody to listen up simply because we're going to be starting this Chicano rap documentary filming soon. And if you're a Chicano rapper, especially from California or specifically L.A., and you were rapping in the 90s, and if you've got a story you want to share, get at us at rodeoradio at gmail.com and um, uh, give us your info and we'll be in contact with you. And if we see that it fits with what we're trying to do, we'll call you, interview you, or, you know, we just, we cannot guarantee anything, but we'll definitely look into it. So once again, if you're a Chicano rapper and you were rapping in the 90s, okay, uh, share with us your history, uh, email us, and let us know, and we'll get back to you in a timely manner. I know some of you have already, and can be complaining why we haven't replied. Give us time. We haven't started filming yet, okay? Other than that, um, let me go ahead and thank everybody who donated to the Chicano Rap Documentary uh, um, donation. We're almost at our, at our uh, if you will, at our budget. We probably need a little bit over $1,800 to uh, reach our $15,000 goal. We pretty much have bought a lot of our equipment. We still need a couple of more, uh, a couple of more key components uh, to get this documentary going. Other than that, you can support us with uh, buying uh, our, if you will, our music. Uh, my first CD that I produced for High C, uh, I re-released it. You can get that at documentary.com. You can get the four CDs for 30 bucks. And these CDs are mixtapes, for those of you that don't know. Uh, four of them I did, four of them Dr. Dre did, and they're available now. For those of you guys that have been asking for CDs, I know some guys don't want CDs, they don't even have a CD player, but you can also purchase them, download a 4 for 30 on your phone. And once again, the Rodeo Mixtape documentary can also be purchased. But we want you guys to bless us once again with a donation at the Chicano Rap Donation, if you will, page. That's You can find that on the link on my bio on Instagram, or uh, the link is on my bio on Facebook, or on the description on this show. But you know what? I'm tired of talking about that shit, so let me go ahead and introduce my special guest. So without further ado, he's giving us a Rodium Radio exclusive interview because he doesn't do interviews. Let me go ahead and introduce the one, the only, Joe King of Scratch, Cooley. What do you do? The masked man. Hey, How you doing, my brother? All right. Yeah. Can you breathe a little bit better? Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, what's up, Tony? How's your day going? Pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, I saw you got two workouts in today, huh? Yeah. What does your workouts consist of, if you care to share the Joel secret? Dumbbells. I do some push-ups and some dips. Yeah. A few crunches here and there, but mm-hmm. mainly the dumbbells and the dips. Yeah. A lot of people have to realize that it's a lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, you got to be in shape. You know, the DJ, you want to at least be in shape, keep your body right. Right. Back in the day, we had to be in shape if we want to carry records. And we're getting older now. And we're getting older. We need that exercise. Yeah. Uh, I always say, as we get older, we got to get better. Yep. So, uh, Take care of your body a little bit better. Yes, yes. So, you know what? I like to break the ice a little bit and I like to ask you a couple of questions as far as uh, uh, let people into Joe's world. What does Joe like to watch on the day that he just relaxes at home? Is there anything when you turn on the boob tube? Do you watch uh, documentaries, movies, TV shows? I'll get on YouTube. Uh, more than likely, check out some music, bass guitars, musicians, every day. 
everything, man. I'm studying bass guitarist, you know, the bassist. That's my thing. So right. I'm kind of glued to that right now. I do keep up with a little bit of turntablism from the, the UK. Right. Newcastle over there is hot, so you know, I watch a little <laughs> bit of that too. So but mainly the bass guitar stuff. Okay. Now, as far as uh, the TV shows or something, uh, first 48 hours, live TV. I like that type of stuff, you know. The real, real world. I don't mess with too much of that fake Right, right. You know what I like to do every once in a while because I collect a lot of Blu-rays. I buy a lot of movies. Mm -hmm. I still buy hard copy stuff because I like to put it on every once in a while. Right. Now that I'm starting to get a little bit older, I'm starting to hate the the wait time when the DVD is about to press play or whatever. But I watch a good balance. I like watching gangster shit. Right. So I like that, but I also like watching a lot of documentaries. There you go. Um, who are some of your possible best uh, or bass players that you like to listen to? Pick the Woo. Okay. Marcus Miller, Stanley Clark. Mm, that about summed me up. Yeah. Okay. You know, I'm looking for some old school funk all the time. Too. Yeah. Yeah. You know who was at the National earlier? Adams. Okay. Yes. You know who was at the National earlier this year? Bootsy Collins. Man, I forgot to say Bootsy. That's my superhero <laughs> of the funk. Oh. I mean, he teaches me a lot about the funk. You know, that four four count. Yeah. I did learn from listening to Bootsy on YouTube. Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah. YouTube now is like uh, almost like like college and shit. You, I mean, if you don't know anything, you could just like go on YouTube. How do you do this? Oh, yeah, I do it all the time. <laughs> the work in the studio. Right. That's a lot I want to know about my software. So wow. Know, go on YouTube. They got all the tips right there for you. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, you know what? Uh, oh, Joe, where now? Even though I know I've been on you for years, and we'll definitely get into how I met you and where I first saw you and everything. But for the people that may not know, where did you? Uh, where did Joe Cooley grow, grow up at? Well, Los Angeles. Then I moved to Compton in like 1980. Okay. So you know, I was born in LA. Okay. Los Angeles. Then uh, we moved to Compton in 1980. Started DJing about 1983. Okay. And that's where it all began. Right okay. Castlegate Street. Okay. Even though I think, and I say I think because I don't know, mm. you might have started DJing before that, but uh, we'll get to that when, it, when we talk about years because I got some years yeah. that okay. I'm going to throw at you. All right. So, uh, so you lived in Compton. What, what school did you end up going to Compton? You go to junior high out there or high school out there? Went to Willowbrook Junior High before I moved to Compton. Okay. So I lived in Eugene Village, off the Elsa Down. Okay. So, you know, I went there, then we, uh, I went to the Navy's. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, back it up. I went to Centennial for two semesters. Really? Yeah, Centennial High School. Then I went to the Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then I know, you, uh, if I'm crazy, you, you went to Compton High as well, didn't you? No. Nah. Okay, nah. okay. Uh, for some reason, I had thought of you earlier when we were talking, I heard you mention something like that. But uh, now, growing up, did you play any instruments? Bass. But not a lot. You know, it started young, put it down, got into the break dancing. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Dan the DJ. Okay. And now, instruments, uh, you played the bass as a kid. Who inspired you or who motivated you or who, or who got you your first guitar? Well, my dad did, but uh, he would take me around L.A. I had this cousin, rest in peace, named Pancho. And I... I couldn't wait to see Punch. You know, I seen him get down on the bass and I just, I just did it. I'm like, I gotta get up. And 
wouldn't leave dad alone about it. So he got me the bass and took me to see Poncho a few times and he gave me a few little tips on what to go do. And um, that was that. He ended up getting shot at really? a house party, you yeah. know, close range, that's LA, you know, but uh, he didn't want to put me on the game with the bass guitar. Okay, and uh, was this like a four uh, string bit or five? Four strings. Uh, you, you, can you get down on the five as well? Not as good. Okay. Yeah. I'm I don't know what these fools are saying, Tom, but they're saying the mics are fucked up. I don't know. Okay. You know, check, check. One, two. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Okay. Give me one second. Let me unplug this, Johnny. Turn it down real quick. Okay. Because sometimes. <clears throat> Go ahead. Let's try it now. Okay. Yo, yo, yo. Can you hear me? How was that? Is that better, people? I mean, I, yeah, yeah. That sounds good to me. Okay, let's go. Let's keep going with it. All right. But uh, anyways, um, uh, if you hear anything else, John, please let me know. Uh, other than that, so uh, is it really difficult from go from going to a four finger to a five finger bass? Well, it would be because the way you place your thumb, and you kind of get used to the four string, and your thumb going to rest right, you know, right on top of the E string or the pickup. But once you get that five, it kind of you know, you're gonna have to get used to it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because your muscle memory kind of on the four. Oh. But as far as the notes and everything, it's gonna get easier on the five string. Actually. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. And and how, and how long did you play bass before you pretty much gave it up for breakdancing? Oh man. Uh, me and my brother now used to jam. Pops take us around LA. We doing all types of little gigs. Pops take us to the little garages. Family. They drinking and. You know, so it kind of lasts till I, I can say about until I uh, moved to Ujima Village. So uh, I was in the sixth grade. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And that's when it kind of chilled down a little bit. That's when I got into the tumbling and flipping. And okay. Uh, up rock. You know, all that shit. Well, before that, it was just actually flipping off the mattresses and all that stuff. You know what? I saw a video that you posted. Shit, I'm trying to remember when on Instagram where you were still doing backflips. I can still bust one. For real? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's just dope, man. Still got one in you. That's dope. Now, <laughs> now, now, uh, uh, let me ask you a goofy question. Did you have a breakdancing name? No. No, no. no man. You know. Nope. You, you know, because everybody knows guys like Crazy Legs, right. Oracle, no. and a bunch of other names. So. Oh, well, just a joke. Okay. And, and you didn't belong to no crew? No crew, nothing like that. But we had our little bandanas with the little uh -huh. Chinese, you know, little red symbol. Yeah. Start getting my little spike bands and all that little stuff. Yeah. Had our board down on the ground and shit like that, man. It was going down. I had some windmills, okay? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Wasn't the best at it. I was better at flipping than breakdancing, honestly. Okay. Yeah, I was better at the gymnastics side. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you know what? I tried breakdancing, but I realized that I was too damn tall, my legs were too damn long, and I was kicking boxes and everything all the time, bro. It wasn't that good. I, I was never that good. And I tried popping. I think I was better at popping than I was mm -hmm. at breakdancing, and that's because I had uh, Boogaloo Shrimp Turbo from Breaking, right who didn't live too far from here, mm -hmm. uh, teach me how to pop, you know, so I thought it was pretty good. But you know what? I've always been blessed because I've always been taught by the best. I was taught popping by Turbo, which we know him as Boogie Shrimp, Michael Chambers. Right. And I was taught DJing by none other than Joe Cooley. Appreciate you. So now, I'm going to share a little something on how I first met you. Okay. Nice. This is some of the fun stuff. All right. Okay. Uh, I graduated sixth grade. I'm 11 years old. Okay. Uh, my brother is DJing at a club in Long Beach called Grand Central Station. Okay. On the east side of Long Beach. And... Um, he uh, tells me, if you graduate, because I was fucking up in school, 
I will take you to the club. This was the 18 and over club. <laughs> so I'm thinking, how are you going to get me in? But he said, don't worry about it. You know, mm -hmm. I was always kind of tall, so I'll sneak you in top of the other. I graduated, and I remember that day I wore a blue three-piece polyester suit that my mom bought me from Kmart. Right. Uh, I used to part my hair in the middle, but that day she combed it to the side, so she thought it looked a lot cuter. So I was like, cool. And I graduated. She uh, moosed you. Yeah, she moosed me, yeah. <laughs> so what happened was I told my brother, okay, I graduated. And then he goes like, and it was Friday. He's like, okay, get dressed. And I said, I am. So I went in my damn graduation suits. Oh, man. 11 years old. And he goes, wait right here because I'm going to open up the back door. Mm -hmm. He goes in there and plays music. They had just opened up the club, and he was playing Ray Parker Jr. still in the groove. Okay. Uh -huh. Yes. So now, uh, I'm in there 11 years old. At that moment, I knew that I wanted to be a DJ because I saw the way he controlled the crowd with the music. Mm -hmm. uh, keep in mind, people that are listening, there was no, no hip-hop at the time. You know. Uh -huh. So and then, I want to say, and I'm basing that on this record, Joe. Mm -hmm. I see a guy wearing all black walking in to the DJ booth a couple of years later. Mm -hmm. And I want to say it was 81 or 82. This is why I differ with you on those years. Because I looked up. Uh, you went up there and you told my brother, hey, man, would you let me spin? And my brother said, well, I'll let you give me a break. I'm going to go take a piss and I'll be back. Whatever. Mm -hmm. So he tells me, Tony, uh, whatever he wants, give it to him. What years did you say? Uh, uh, 81, 82. Okay, now, here's why I bring those years up. Because you turned around and you looked at me and you said, you got less work? And I said, uh, yeah. You said, I want two of them. Now, we had the 12 inches. Uh, These this were the promo copies. All right, now here I go. Okay. You see, this wasn't 83. Okay, I'm going to tell you why. Because I remember less work was new. Right on. Now, some people say... That let's work, and believe me, I looked at multiple sources. It came out in 1981, some people said it came out in 1982. Okay. So, let's just say 82, I was 14 years old when I met you. If it was 83, then I was 15. But I was still a young buck at 10th grade. Because the reason why I said 83, because I was still in high school, you know, 80, 81. Okay. I dropped out in 82. I didn't start teaching until I dropped. Okay, 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 so let's go with 83. 83. Okay, so I'm there, and I see you, and I'm going to be 100 with you. Uh, that's pretty much where my life has changed. When I saw you turn down the music, <laughs> it's the truth, brother, and you started scratching, let's work. I promise. Uh, uh, you know, you know what part you used to love it? Remember, uh, you used to put the needle right at the end of the record? Work, kid. Work, oh, yeah. work, oh, yeah. work. That, all that shit. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was just like zoned, like, and you were just going back and forth, like. So, that, what right there was my first experience meeting Joe Cooley, and I got to see him get off the whole fucking night. You know, so that was amazing. And from there, from that point on, I kept telling my brother, invite him back, invite him back, invite him back. Yep, yep. Because, I mean, think about it. I've never seen anything like that, you know. Yeah, yeah. So now let's back up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so you drop out of high school, you start teaching. Mm -hmm. Who can, who, can you share with the public what it, what was it, who was it that you saw? What was it that encouraged you, inspired you to start teaching? What made you pick up the turntables? No, all right. Uh, you would hear somebody 
car go down the street and you hear this tape, you can tell the cassette when it go by and drags. You know, as it's going by. And I wonder who is that sound? It's one in particular voice all the time. I'm the man they call the mix master spade, the mix master spade. Found out he was doing a party in our neighborhood. So me and my buddy from high school, Nick, is the one that helped me start our group. We went to the house party. So we wanted to go look for some girls. I'm young. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we want to go check out the ladies. Yes. So we found out about the party. So we go over there. I think it was off of Gibson, Compton Boulevard. A little bitty little spot. So uh, you could barely get in there. It's hot. I'm scared. I'm nervous and all that little stuff. But I, I can see the DJ. And guess who it was? Mixed Master Spade. Oh. And that was him. And I just sat there and watched him do the things we about practice putting up. I liked everything what he was doing and I'm like, man, I gotta do this. We gotta do this, Nick. I'm looking at him like we need to do this. Right. So he was from New York, so you know what I'm saying? The Bronx at that. Okay. So he was into it. He was like, Come on. So we had to start saving up our money. Yeah. Literally saving up everything we can. We bought radio we bought speakers separately at Radio Shack. Uh-huh. Learned how to build our own box, wire up everything. We'll get into all that, but yeah, that's where it all goes. Okay. Next Master Spade was the first DJ I seen on two turntables in Compton. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Then to make it even more smoother, because I was young, we couldn't get into the older clubs. Went to the Eve After Dark to party. Right. Here's some more bad DJs. Y'all want me to keep going? Keep going, brother. Unknown DJ. DJ Yellow was the main two DJs at the Eve at the Dark. So we go in there like party animals. Here I am again, glued at the window watching the DJs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're trying to save up. I'm watching these cats, man. We're doing our little house parties and we party over here. So I was looking at bigger DJs that really got us going, you know? Right, so right. That, that was really the Eve at the Dark. I'm like, man, I want to really, really get into this DJ stuff. Wow, brother. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I believe it was Lonzo here that said that Davy D, Davy DMX, if I'm correct, Davy D, you are the best, remember? Mm-hmm. He's the one that came down from New York and actually taught Yella and Dre how to scratch. Uh, he said it here, and so people, uh, I don't want to get the story mixed up, you can always go back and look at <laughs> Alonzo, you know, interview, right. and he shares. Uh, who would you say, because I'll give you an example of why I'm going to ask this question. Mm-hmm. The first guy that I ever saw cut and scratch was Grandmaster Flash, but he was on TV. Yeah, I see. It. Yeah. yeah. I remember he turned around and moved the fader, you know, behind his back, and then he came back, picked up the needle. He was just so damn smooth. Right. The next one that I saw now, and finally in person, mm-hmm. was a guy named King Tim, Calvin Anderson, the owner of VIP, right? brother. Got okay. It. And I remember I saw him cutting and scratching some shit, and I was like, wow. That's huh. what I thought the shit was amazing. Right. And then the third guy was you. Mm-hmm. But you have taken it to a whole different other level. I've never, ever seen anything like what you were displaying. You know, it's like I've seen DJs, and then here I see Joe, like, three to four to five steps ahead of everyone. It's practice at night, man. Yeah. On some junky belt-driven turntables called Calibre. Really? Yeah. I think that's a match company. It does matches and some other things. But anyway, so, it's so a Calibre turntable, and you know, belt-driven, and... And I used to stay up, mom's down the street, we had, I had it set up on top of a stereo system, you know, a big long wood one? Yeah. Looked like it had suede in it. 
you know what I'm talking right. about? The stereo system down in there with the records and all that other shit. So I used to set my little turntable set up on top of that. Gemini turntable up for like three hours at night. Just practice, just practice, just practice. Wow. Late at night while they're in there trying to sleep, but I didn't give up. Now, now I know this may be a dumb question because I'm talking to a legend. Mm-hmm. So uh, allow me to ask, did anybody ever teach you, like say, Joe, do it like this? Or was it just you on your own, just practicing? Well, back to the group when we first started. Uh, I have to give a lot of credit to my first partner, uh, New York Nick. So, uh-huh. yeah, he was in our little DJ crew. So. Okay. He would talk about Grandmaster Flash backspinning, right? Style, you do it like this. Style, you do it like that. And he knew that. He was from the Bronx. I never seen no videos or none of that stuff. We just party off of it's nasty, all them good Grandmaster Flash songs. I've never seen no video footage, but he knew about how they mix in New York. Right. So he was the first one, besides what we seen Miss Master Spade doing, he wasn't doing it like that. He wasn't that type of backspin DJ. He right. just rocks and touch and blend and go. So Nick put me on game about the backspin. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I remember when I asked, um, before I met you, I asked King Tim, uh, uh, Calvin Anderson's brother, mm-hmm. as far as cutting scratching, right he grabbed a bass, uh, like a thump, like a kick, Got and me. he said, just grab it and go back and forth. So he went really slow. When he went thubba, 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 in my mind, just that little <laughs> bullshit scratch, yeah. it just blew me the fuck away. Yeah. So I went home and I grabbed another one, by the dust. You, you know, there and you I remember we had a house stereo, mm-hmm. so I had to turn up the knob, you know, mm-hmm. do, do this. I didn't have no, nothing up, no fucking scratch pad, and I was fucking up my sister's records, you know. But it's funny because I learned how to to do this. Right. Now you have, uh, it's funny that I I bring the term, but uh, now because you said your first mixer right. was the Gemini. The Gemini. Yes, this little Gemini had the little little wood casing around it, uh-huh. little simple little EQ. It had echo reverb on it with the turn knob. And, uh, matter of fact, I think Yellow them had a turn knob too at the Eve After Dark. So that was kind of, you know, right up my alley to see them get down on the turn knob. Actually, it was. It was rotary. So I don't know what brand it was, but I know it was a turn knob specifically. They didn't do a lot of chasing the records, but they were very good at keeping the floor rocking and blending records. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, that is a good DJ. Uh, somebody told me one day, and we're going to get into some of your scratching. Cause I have to say something about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, as long as you can rock a party, you're a fucking dope ass DJ. Cause today we have a lot of DJs that, that just scratch, right. but cannot rock a fucking party. See, they thought that was about that. All I did was just scratch. That's all they did. Is he just a scratch DJ? No, we started with the house party. We started with the house party, yeah, and I've true. seen you rock clubs. Yeah, yeah, I've seen yeah. you break records. Appreciate that. I mean, records that I didn't even know were out there, yeah. and then you would just start cutting and scratching. I'm like, what the fuck was that? And you would tell me, oh, it's so-and-so, it's, oh, it's this record, you know. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, for an example, I didn't know Gordy's Groove. Right but, You know, yeah. oh, yeah. yeah. Sure. You know, and when I saw, when I saw you, man. Exactly. Yeah. Believe me, man, I used to buy all your shit. You know, they're like, Joe, Joe, uh, how do you do that? I just do it like this, man. I just do it like this. But, we all learn from somebody. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. So. And the guy that I like to give all the credit to is you for uh, showing me. Thank you. Uh, you know. Time, now, Tony. Yes, sir. You want to go to break and try to fix this the mics because people are saying that the mics are all jacked up. But I'm hearing it good on my. You're hearing it good. Okay, yeah. check this out, everybody. 
we're going to go ahead and go to break. I was just right into a good conversation. And uh, if the mics are fucked up, then we're going to go ahead and uh, go to break. As a matter of fact, we'll take a short break. We're going to try to get this situated and get back. Okay, so we'll be back. So other than that, uh, make sure you call somebody, text somebody, slap shit out somebody, let them know that Joe Cooley, the King Scratch, is in the motherfucking building, and we'll be back. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Oh, good. Build it out. <laughs> we good? Get there. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. Testy, testy. Mic checker. Mic checker. What is it saying? Same thing? Wow. Ding, ding, dong, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yo. Uh, How you like me now? How's it sounding? Sounds great on my end. You don't, don't even remember, remember me. I don't don't remember remember face. What's my name? I don't remember the name. Okay, we're live. We're live. Yeah, all right. Okay. Yeah, yeah but yeah. <laughs> You good, no good. I mean, <laughs> fuck, I don't know. Okay, fuck it. We're just going to keep going. Okay. Keep going. All right. Anyways, so uh, we're back. Everybody, sorry about this shit. Um, it's never happened before. Some some of you saying we're good? Okay, yeah. then it probably was a turntable. All so, right. anyway, sorry about that, Joe. Uh, yes. All right, check this out. You're in your own parking lot, buddy. Yes. <laughs> now, I'm going to share something with you that I think separated you. Mm-hmm. From all the other DJs, and it was this. Wow. Do you remember Request Line? Remember Rockmaster Scott? Oh, yeah. Remember they called and go, Yo, man, we want to hear some scratching from Rockmaster Scott, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he started cutting scratching. Mm-hmm. Okay. One thing that I learned from that record that it was possible for a DJ to cut and scratch and to have people still dancing. Right on. Okay. <laughs> and there are people right. today that uh, people just stop to watch them cut and scratch and I'm right. just flicking their fingers. Mm-hmm. You would play a song and cut and scratch, but you were left-handed. Yeah. You would cut and scratch, and I remember looking at you, and it actually looked like almost like if you were playing a guitar. Mm-hmm. That's what it looked like to me. Mm-hmm. And you were cutting and scratching, and I remember one time I got off the DJ booth, I went around the corner, and I was looking at you cutting that up, and I saw everybody still dancing and grooving as if the scratching was still part of the record. I, 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 I kind of scratch with a rhythm, you know what I mean? So I guess that's they groove, too. We all bounce, and I put that scratch in there to match. You know, I wasn't trying to outdo the music with my scratch, and I take it in a di- another direction. Right. I want to ride along with the groove with the scratch. Still today, too. Okay. There's some badass scratchers out there, but a lot of them just don't get into the music side. You know, they're not right. really listening to the music. They're just into the technique and shit. It's all over the place. What is that? Some crystal meth type of scratching. <laughs> all the motherfuckers sounds like I'm just playing, but no, I mean, I was into the groove. Right. Still today, though, you got to ride that funk. Right. You know, I scratch in the key of funk. Let's get to it. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. here's another one. So we talked about cutting and scratching while your uh, people are still dancing, which I thought to me was fucking amazing because when I first mm-hmm. heard that request line, that was the first time I saw people dancing and listening to scratching. But you took that to a whole different other level. You know where it started from, Tony? What's I that? think it started us doing like the high school dance. This one on YouTube, I mean, DJing at Danning High School. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So the lunch dances and all that, they wanted to come and dance. They didn't care if you were scratching or not. They want to stop dancing. They wanted to party. So there it is. 
Right. Yeah, right. The, the young crowd would do that. I don't know how it is as we got older, you know. Right. Then we started doing different shows. Things start changing. Yeah. I remember you went there, but I was already out of high school because that was my high school. Man, yeah. I don't know how about them apples. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So, uh, so now let's let's move on to the transform scratch. Mm-hmm. Okay, because you're the first person that I ever saw do that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now keep in mind, every single time that I saw you, Joe, I'm home practicing thinking I caught up, and then I see you the next week, mm-hmm. and it's almost like this is a whole new, different Joe. Mm-hmm. And after like the third time of trying to do that, I just gave up. I'm like, I'm not so going to pass this guy. I kept standing up late at night and my shit shirt. Then I found the bad boys from the turntable. You look pot in my chest. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the damn things, man, day and night, man, just trying to scratch. I don't know. I was just going through something, trying to get over some pain and shit. So it kind of helped me out just scratching my way through something. Yeah, yeah. My baby brother, you know, type of shit. So, right. Yeah. Now, 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 let me ask you this. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I know you said you practiced a lot, and uh, maybe I may have a different opinion uh, uh, about what I'm about to ask you. Do you think that you were a natural DJ, or do you think you just eventually got good? Because if you ask me, I just think that this was your gift, this was your talent, yeah. and all somebody had to do was point you in the right, that right direction, and, you know. Yeah. Uh, you came now. I didn't have to work too hard. I just like to practice. Then um. I adapted real fast to it, I guess, you know. I didn't know how fast. You know. Right. The time, we was young, man. All I know is we was just doing it, you know. Uh, me and my little DJ crew. And then it broke up, and I kept going, and next thing you know, I'm over there on Mayo Street. I'm trying to do that. We was in the street, life a little bit, hustling, you know. We right. sell dope. We did all that. I had to stop and get back on track. We were still doing the DJing at the same time, too, but DJing was the passion. I didn't want to go to prison. Right. My partner went to prison for 10 years, you know, but uh, Joe had to stay glued to the, the turntable. Right, right. So, so now you have the Gemini mixer with the round fader. Mm-hmm. What was Joe's next mixer? It was the uh, the realistic with the faders and, you know, the frontal clicks. Okay. About. So it looks something like this pretty much. Yeah. But yeah. even though this is the echo, but it looks something like that. So for us to even mix and chase records, we still have to go up and down with the faders, you know what I'm saying? Then learn how to scratch. So all my scratching, a lot of my scratching was going from that up and down realistic. And then was another way we start learning is to tap in on the phone online and scratch. Literally, come out in and out and dab with it like that. Yeah. 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 So. Because that was another thing, again, and how my mind was blown by your scales were because I would see you all the time mm-hmm. up and down. Up and down, yeah, yeah. and I didn't learn it that way. I learned from the knob and then the fader. Okay, that was my weak point. The crossfader for a long time. Even though once I started transforming, we was talking about that a second ago. But uh, yeah, I didn't learn uh, while I was transforming. I, ne- I wasn't that good on the, the, the fader. Just mixing and doing little stuff like that. But once I get started, pop, pop, pop. And matter of fact, you can ask a few of my other DJ friends. We used to have to literally stop. The turntables, my boy Kit Kat, or even my boy DJ Domino, we might be at the cave in Hard Time. You know, I mix backwards. So therefore, we had to take the turntable left, hook it to the right, right, hook it to the left, so the fader go the other way. So now I'm in reverse. And that's what really changed my scratch. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
And while we switching, the nigga on the microphone beatbox, <laughs> you know, we over there trying to hurry up and swap the shit out. And then got to do it again so the next DJ can go back regular. Wow. That became a headache. So what happened to Joe? I had to stop being backers and go back the regular way. Learn the regular way for the first time. Wow. wow. And that's when the click button came in. Now, the, but the click button at the time on the realistic was, was it sideways? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 It was sideways. It's a little funnel line. We just go in and out. Tap line, time. Yeah, that, that that that's amazing. And mm -hmm. I found because my first mixer was a realistic, but with the fader. Right. Okay. Right. And the phone line button, I found out that it cut faster, but mm -hmm. it hurt your damn fingers because you had a, you know. Mm -hmm. But now, so I'm there at Grand Central Station. You're there, and I remember I saw you. You, we were practicing before we opened the doors. Mm -hmm. And I remember you were just, you know. You were never a show off, at least in my eyes. No, you were just doing man. your thing. And I saw you at time, at time, dude. I was like, what the fuck is that? Because it sounded like, I remember I, I told my brother, I'm going to go to the restroom. And when I heard that, I came right back and I was like, what the <laughs> hell was that? And then I saw you with the little phone line because you had the new mark at the time. Right on. Right, so right. you're going back and forth like this. And I'm like, and then you sped it up. And I was like, holy mm -hmm. shit. But you were, I don't know if there was anybody faster than you on that one, because a lot of the records, Joe, a lot of the records that we did was that uh, uh, upbeat, electro-funk type of shit, like Planet Rock. Right, right. And yeah. you were transforming on time to a lot of All that shit. type of stuff. I don't know. Our tempo back then was kind of fast, you know? Yeah. We were just going up off the Rick James and all that type of stuff. But then once Planet Rock hits the scene, that did it. You know yes. what I mean? I'm at the at the dark sucking up tempo. And yeah. then go to the mom and pop stores listening to what they play in the clubs. Then we go right over to Long Beach Boulevard where the old Compton swap me. It wasn't even there yet. And then go across the street to some little store and buy a records right there. Okay. Wow. Mm -hmm. now, and I'm sure you were the DJ that bought two of everything. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Every true DJ bought two of everything. Mm -hmm. Even if they wanted to get another record. No, I'm just, I got to buy these two, you know. But now, now let me ask you this. How did you hear, Joe? about the transform scratch. I believe fucking um what is motherfucking feel the ass that's Jazzy Jeff man. I think when Fresh Prince was saying make it chirp I don't know what it was he transforming or flashing. I don't know. I thought that was transforming. You okay. know what I mean? But uh I can't really just pinpoint he said Benny no Smith like transform. You know what I'm saying? So okay. once I heard the word transform I'm trying to see what's going on, so I invented my way of doing it too then. Okay, okay. Yeah, with the click button. Because I, I've never seen anybody do it like you, and I'm sure if other DJs see this, mm -hmm. oh no, Tony, he didn't come, I didn't say he came up with it, he came up with his own style, style. of, right, right, of transforming. Transform. Um, you know, I can't remember who I may have seen actually transform, and I went home and said, I'm going to go do that, you know, with the click button. Right, yeah, right. Other than myself. Now, uh, when I saw you do it, um, again, it, back then DJs had styles, and you didn't bite somebody else's fucking style, okay? Uh, today, the sad part is, and we'll get into it a little bit later, All where right. a lot of the DJs sound the same, they're doing the same old scratches and everything. All right. But people would say, that's Joe Cooley style, that's M-Walk style, style, that's right. Tony G Tony style. G. All of us had, you even had a style. Yes. You know? Nobody, we learned from each other. But we weren't gonna get up there and just do the same. We'll just catch this, right? You know, nah, right. Yeah. Now, uh, um, 
let's get a little bit into the, the Katie Mixmaster thing. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how did you get involved in that? How did you become a Katie Mixmaster? Oh, boy. I think they had something going on at the Olympic Auditorium. Uh-huh. You know, and um, I think Tony G was there that day. They had a big-ass concert. Oh, uh, shit, I think L, L was a lot of shit. And they was auditioning. Okay. They said they going to have some auditions for the mix masses, and I think that's where I tried out. And, uh, and Greg Mack was there, too, as well. So. Mm. And Tony seen me, I'm like, can I get up and mix, blah, blah, blah. Something went down, and right there on the spot, Tony's like, they got a new mix master right here. Right there, right there. Right there. Wow. And as uh, a matter of fact, yeah, it was uh, Curtis Blow was there, AJ, part of his group, and shit got up. Motherfuckers started gangbanging in the rolling 60s and shit. Somebody's neck got fucked up, nigga jumped all off the stage, put somebody out, and niggas. it got all fucked up. But that's the same day I got on the turntables. Really? Uh huh, it's Olympic auditorium. If people only knew what really went on in the fucking 80s, man. Man, it was tough, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, when I would do your house parties, what I would do is that if I wanted to, the, if I knew some shit was getting thick and it was about to jump off, oh, yeah. I'd bump that motherfucking song real loud so that the cops could come. Oh, you know, yeah. so I got stories, man. Even like in uh, Long Beach at the Grand Central Station, don't think I wasn't nervous coming in there from my neighborhood because uh, it was some cats came there to give a fuck who I was. And they came there, took his shirt off. What's up, cuz? Talking about. Motherfucker look like Bobby Buff Cuz or somebody. No. They're like, he the DJ, he cool, he cool, he loud, you're a buggy. So he got some girls to start partying and shit, but man, them cats look insane. Insane Crip? Yeah, man. Insane Crip. Yeah. I, I remember I was DJing it, and then this one guy's looking at me, this brother, and he keeps looking at me, and I just finally looked at him again, and he was like, what the fuck <laughs> you looking at? Yeah. And I'm like, shit, man. He's like, I'm already just trying to cut and scratch. Yeah, man, you know? it's tough out there like that, man. It, it, it is true. It mm-hmm. is true. So now, um, I remember I had talked to you, and again, this is years ago. I know. And, and I said, Joe, I want to be a Canadian mix master. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you why I want it to be. Because not only did I want it to be a part of a dope crew and be on the radio, mm-hmm. but I wanted that jacket that everybody has. The black one? Yes, because uh-huh. uh, uh, everybody knew that uh, you got that jacket, a Canadian mix master. And mm-hmm. to me... Uh, uh, I really, really wanted one of those. And you told, you told me, well, you got to try out. Yeah. You know, you got to yeah. try out. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, can, can you find out? Yeah. You know, well, I'll find out for you. And then nothing ever happened. And we'll talk later on about who got in it later on. And how did you end up doing it? No, no, no. <laughs> well, here, here's what happened. I never became a KDA mix match. I will say this, Joe. Right I truly do believe that I was good enough to you be there. Yeah. yeah. Because there were some, and I won't mention their names. We went on, and it was still other ones that. That's why I'm like, you should have been there too. It, exactly. Mm-hmm. There were some of the some of the guys that, and I'm not mentioning names because these are my homies. Right. That were KDMX matches, of course, after you. Right on. And they would come to my house and practice. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something. They couldn't hang with me, and they knew. Yeah. But, you know, it just it just never happened. You, know, you so. really wanted to be a, a mix master to get the jacket. Yes. And n- not only that. Get the airtime, you know. Yes. What I mean, it wasn't about us making money and all that. We was excited for people just to hear us on the radio. That meant a lot. It meant a lot. Understand? Yeah. yeah. Tonight, Joe Cooley on the what? My mama, everybody was happy in Compton. Right. Right. They seen where it all started. Right. Right there. I mean, and think about this. Back then, we didn't have social media. We didn't have YouTube. We didn't have, you know, Facebook, whatever, Instagram. But I'll tell you what. 
was dope that if you were not there, you missed out. You missed out. Yeah, you got to see it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, believe me, every time Joe was somewhere, I was there, and I was thankful to be a part of that beginning, especially at Grand Central Station. Uh -huh. that, uh, and then you were the first guy that I ever saw with cases on turntables. Mm -hmm. You know, today everybody has cases, but I'm watching it from the birth, right. you know, from one of the best. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, now, let's get into the new music seminar, okay? How, uh, how did you first hear of the new music seminar? Greg Matt. Okay. Yeah, you know, so uh, we automatically, we're on the K-18, so it's like, hey, Joe, you know. Heard, you know, one of the tapes, they're interested. In, wondering if you want to come out there and go to the seminar in New York, blah, blah, blah. I sent them a tape. I'm like, yeah, I'm cool with that. Next thing I know, you're going. They like you. Really? Yeah, so I'm like, what? My heart jumped. I'm like, shit, they want me to go to New York and Valley. He's like, yeah, man. You know, so it ended up happening. Now, did you know, did you happen to know anybody that was going to be there? Or you were just worried about, I'm, I'm going to be there? I didn't know who was going to be in it, who I'm battling against, none of that. It was just a shiny dark. Okay. Yeah, but I wanted to be in it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously, uh, this was the, probably the second one. Because you said Tony G was in the first one. I think he was. Yeah, okay. I think it was Tony G. Uh, like that. Yeah, I think so. That, uh, 87 is the year I did it. But somebody did go the year before me. Okay. Yeah. And back then, the yeah. winner got a championship belt. Yeah. And see, people didn't. It's not the new stuff. The seminar is different from the DMC stuff now. So a lot of people don't know that. Right. No, they don't know that because I talked to a lot of DJs that battled it at the DMC, mm -hmm. and then I'll say, well, what about the New Music Seminar? Yeah. Some of them never even heard of it. Yeah, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. And I think, sad to say that, okay, well, before we get to what happened, mm -hmm. uh, how many people, Joe, did you have to either, how, how did they work? Did you have to battle people to climb the ropes, or the judges saw you? Okay, you're going you're gonna to yeah. go on next? All right, what they had was uh, preliminaries. Okay. So everybody had to go in there and demonstrate who they are, give them a little demo. So I, we all there, cut Master DC, everybody. So I get in there and do my little thing. Then they get the complaining. Oh, he was in the click button, blah, blah, blah. So they start talk, starting this controversy about the way I scratched. All of a sudden, they didn't want me in the seminar. Actually, we were ready to go home. Really? Yeah, we packed up. We're gonna get the fuck on, man. Like, all right, then, fuck it. We out this bitch. Let's go see the Statue of Liberty and yeah. shit. And we bounce. So we was almost ready to get up out of there. Uh, then they get back in touch with Greg or whatever. Like, oh no, we're gonna go ahead and keep them in it. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so for a minute there, they almost took me out of it just because of the way I scratch. I don't know why, but that's what happened. Seriously. Okay. So you gotta go through this here first, and then the next day is where the big shit happens. Right. And uh, that's when it was going down. So uh, I'm like, all right. So they want to see who's going to make it to go really battle in the seminar. Okay. And they didn't want me to battle in that seminar. Believe that. Oh, oh I know they didn't. Yes. I'm a preliminary. You know, now, uh, weird question, Joe. Does Joe ever get nervous? When I'm nervous now. Man. I'm nervous as a hook on Figaro <laughs> at 3 in the morning, dog. You hear me? Okay. Now, so uh, that's what I was wondering if you were nervous at the. Because when I saw you uh, uh, with that video tape that's out there on YouTube or whatever, yeah. I, I'm like, okay, Joe got this. Uh, you know what? I was nervous, but it's one of them nervous dreams that you want. Okay. Yeah. 
once you see how it is and they got these little patterns like a kung fu flick. Your name right here, somebody else's name right there, somebody else's name, you know. And then they just manipulate who's going to battle. If you won, then you go down. Or they tell who that name. That's dope. So it was just like that, like some little Shaolin type shit, man. Dope, dope. Yeah. So when they announced that it was you and Cash Money from Philly, my first, you know, I went through Mr. Mix, two live crew. I had to battle my buddy. We were sitting in the crowd side by side with each other. And next thing you know, they pulled up that sign. All right now, I got to go at it against you. Good luck, you know, like that. So here we go. Okay. I prevailed. Yes. Yeah. I'm still homies. Still homies. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. That's but dope. Uh, the cash money thing. I knew as the seminar was going, I can see what he was doing. And he had the world in his hands over there. They had already anticipated Cash winning the seminar. Wow. They didn't know shit about me. But I spooked them right away. You know, I just started advancing. And, and much as he was advancing, I was advancing. And people can see who's going to be in the final, basically. Yeah. They're like, boy, if these two cats get there, I'm going to get there. Yeah. You know, it's too late now. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's do it. Nervous as shit. I ain't gonna lie, man. That boy right there. Salute. Right. That's a bad motherfucker, man. Yeah. And I scared the shit out of him. I didn't know what I was gonna do all my routines. I'm just gonna mix. Right. I didn't practice, really. I didn't have no home routines. I just practice. What I do at home, I'm gonna do on his ass and anybody in there. That's right. just me. What I do at home, I'm gonna do on anybody. Right. That's it. Dope, dope. And now look, if you were somewhat nervous, you could just imagine how he felt because, like you said, you were just a nobody, but here you come, you know, if you will, the dark horse that nobody's expecting. It started making some noise in there. It was a trip, man, in Manhattan. First of all, it was in the Holiday Inn. Uh -huh. So somewhere on one of them floors, and man, it was, whew, that motherfucker was packed. Excuse my language, but man, it was packed in there. But like I said, I was nervous, but as we continued to battle, I start feeling good about it. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. I'm still having a hard time believing that they had a problem with with the phone line button. Yeah, yeah, they tried to not. Because they never seen nobody do that. And they were trying to say, that's cheating. Straight up. That's just what they said. That's cheating. Fuck you. You know, I'm not even going to try to explain, like, why is that cheating? We'll leave it at know. that. Yes. Right. Yes. But I remember at Vance Central Station, you used to have some guys that used to want to battle you. And I remember you used to tell my brother, I want to battle him, but I don't want him to use a little button. I remember that. <laughs> you know? Right. Because they knew that that's where, that's where the, that type of shit. Baca called it the Kabaka Baka scratch. <laughs> there you go. Put it back up. Oh, dude. Yeah. First one name that. And, but I'm going to tell you something. I, I mastered that, that scratch mm -hmm. with the fader. Right. And see, I did, it took a long time for me. And still, I don't do it like that. Okay. Yeah. That's a lot of DJs a lot better on, on the crossfader than Joe. Okay. Let's put that out there right now. Okay. But, uh, I did learn some new things too with the fader. Now, now they see that, you know what I'm saying? Right. My crabs is different. Yeah. Crappy scratch or whatever you want to call it, you know? Yeah. yeah. I do yeah. it my way. I love to take something that somebody done or created, but take it and, do it Joe way. I don't want to sound like nobody. I don't want to do the flare. Because there's so many DJs doing the flare right now. Right. I know. Like, I can't do it. I know. I know. And, and that's why I know some people say, well, your style is old. But well, you know what? Be. Yeah. Let it I, fucking I, be, man. And I, I say the same thing about myself. Yeah. I, I'm not going to do what everybody's doing. I can't. 
You know, I won't feel good about that when I seen 30 million people on on Instagram doing the same damn thing. The, the same scratching. Got girls doing that shit now. <laughs> We're gonna get into that that part after our next break. Him. Right, yeah. right. But we we do have to admit that technology has made it easier for anybody to do it. Oh yeah, man. you know, because let, let, let's be real. Other than maybe Spindorella from Salt and Pepper. Oh yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Did, did we know any girl DJs back then? I did. Okay. Lady Q from Uncle Jam's Army, Snake Puppy's sister. Okay. I seen her licks this time, one time at the sports arena. Mm -hmm. First time I seen a girl get down in L.A. Okay. And guess what she was mixing? It's time. Okay. Guess how she did it. I still remember it. She was going at it. It's time. She had the cue going. Doom. Everybody tripping. Time. She got the going. Doom. Doom. Then another time. And then a little time. Then she, she literally pulled the record all the way to the side, put the fader all the way to the side. That's when I seen the first opera. That's a bad chick. Yeah. She was literally, it is time to let that shit go. That's the first girl I seen do it. Oh, oh it's time. Lady Q. Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Yeah. Now, but we didn't have that many to choose from back in the day. No, we didn't. You know, no, uh, it might have been some more around, but we didn't see them. You know, right. Uncle Jams had a big ass crew of folks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? A shout out to Uncle Jams, Roger Clayton, Bobcat, everybody over there, Kit Kat, the whole cat crew. I got some more shit I want to say too, real fast. Shout out to Nice of the Turntables. You heard me. I never forget you when I was that young. What we talking about when we first started? That's the baddest group I ever heard too. Nice yeah. of the turntables. And you know Straight what? Out of Carson. Yeah, Carson. I went to high school with them. And how about them apples? Yeah. You know, it's funny when, uh, quick story, I saw two guys, and one of the guys, his name was Gerard. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I remember him and his buddy had white jackets, and they were walking around high school, Nice of the turntables. It's pretty boy. Yeah. And I remember, I, I didn't know, but I know they had a, a vinyl record out at the time. Yeah, but yeah. Of this record. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And um, I remember I walked up to him and I said this. Again, I don't know shit, but I said, how did you guys make it big? Here's what I <laughs> Here's what I understood by big. Here's my uh -huh. interpretation. Yeah. You guys have a record out there. Yeah. You guys are successful DJs. You mm -hmm. guys got nice jackets. Yeah, there was another big crew, but they didn't, they didn't get the exposure like in L.A. like Uncle Jam's. You right. know what I'm saying? But back this way, oh, man, it was going down with the nights. You couldn't tell Carson on nobody like that. Right. Know? And they had records out before I ever made a record. You know? Yeah. And I appreciate to see shit like that. Yeah, that's yeah. dope. And that's they, dope. You know, I liked them as DJs, but then that's what made me like them because they had the vinyl out too as well. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So now let's go back. we got a couple of minutes before we go to break. Um, let's go back to the New Music Seminar. I know you did it time out there. I know you did Tour de France. And was there another song when you battled Cash? Uh, shit, man, I barely remember my damn stuff. Um, I think those the two I threw. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I think the only thing that wooed the crowd, I think when he did Peter Piper and he transformed with the fader. Right. Oh, you yeah. Know? Yeah. And got that little shit there going. I thought, oh, shit, I'm in trouble. I think. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, God damn. And then my boy Artist was right there, M Walk was in the house with us too. So okay. Yeah, he was right there on the side of the stage. I'm looking at my folks. I'm like, man, I'm not gonna get it, man. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go take that from him. Yeah. That's the only way you're gonna fuck with cash right now. Because yeah, the boy is on point. Right, right. But he may have skipped the for a second. Mine wasn't as clean, but I didn't skip. Right. You know what I mean? So I had the judges about their seat. Everybody was there for cash. 
let's just give it up. But the tables start turning as the battle starts going. Yeah. Next thing you know, they was like, well, goddamn. You see Lady B getting up out of her seat. Oh, shit. So it's not playing. Right. You know, uh, Marley Mall, he choked on me. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and think about this. You were. You were doing the fast up-tempo uh, uh, Planet Rock, uh, well, if you will, Tour de France type of shit. And he was doing more of the yeah. hip-hop. Yeah, I, I can go in on that. We, we had that S, the West Coast speed. Yes. And they had that East Coast funk back then. It was a little bit slower tempo, and they can get into the beats a lot better than us with the fast music. And we didn't know nothing about really as much as they did. They were ahead of us. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Still. Yeah. So now... Um, it's over. How long did it take for them to announce the winner? Mm, probably about 10 minutes or so. 10 minutes? Yeah. So, now, at that point, before they announced it, did you think you won? Yeah, well, the place was going crazy. You know, I never knew who Flavor Flav was. All of a sudden, this cat coming out. Shaka Yo, they robbed you. Oh, like they did. Yo, they robbed you. He's like, man, he hold my hand up. He's like, man, come and meet New York. He took me off the stage. Took me to meet this, uh, I can say Filipino, Asian lady, some other people he might have known and stuff like that. He's like, yo, they robbed you. That's the first time I ever heard somebody use the word rob like that. It was Flavor Flavor. I didn't find out later who he was. I didn't know who he was at that time. Right. You know what I'm saying? He's like, yo, they robbed you. Wow. Now, could you... And that's tough to get that in New York. Yeah, to get that in New York. Yeah, from his own place. Yeah, from yeah. his own spot. Yeah. He's from New York. But he was fair about it. If you won, you won. Yeah. In his eyes and everybody. Now, 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 let me say something. This is me speaking, Joe, okay? Mm. This is me speaking. It's not you. Right on. Um, I saw the battle. A lot of people saw the battle. Mm -hmm. And everybody will sit here and say this. And a lot of people don't want to disrespect anyone. And I'm not disrespecting right. anyone. But from what I saw, you clearly won. I, I thought that that title belongs in the West Coast and that belt belongs in Compton. Give me my goddamn belt! No. Exactly. And uh, everybody that saw that, oh, Joe tore his ass up, Joe this, Joe that, he got fucking robbed. And then we started going back to, there was an East Coast and West Coast bias thing. Yeah, yeah. And the yeah. 80s, that was deep. Yeah, you, you know, know. It did. Uh, East Coast would not play our music. No, no. You know. We can have the best stuff bumping on the West Coast, but if you're not Dr. Dre, N.W.A., and they said if MC Hammer is y'all number one group, all y'all is whack. All y'all. That wasn't the MCs, that's just the critics on the East Coast. You know, they did not like our music, man. Right. No matter what it is, man. They just, they just can't. Right. They just, I don't know how the hell you just can't like our music, but they just didn't. Right. You know, we didn't like everything came out of, right. you know, African bottle bottle in our mouth and all that shit, you right. know, but, and powwow and all that, but we still enjoyed it. We didn't know what the fuck they was talking about. Right. You know, but we liked the music. Right. Like that. Right. Okay, check this out. We're about to go to break. And we're gonna take a 10 minute break and we'll come back if you want a beer or whatever. You can have a beer, you want to, you know. Uh, uh, but we can talk about whatever, Joe. I'm ready. You, you, you know what I'm gonna do? Uh, um, I wanna bring a list of certain songs that I grew up watching you cut up. Right. And, uh, uh, see if you're bringing back any good memories. Appreciate it. All good. Okay, everybody. So once again, uh, we like to apologize for the sound earlier. Honestly, I don't know what it was. Uh, for those of you that have been following us here on Audio Radio, know that uh, we really don't go through that type of bullshit. We usually have dope mic checks right before, but uh, somebody said that it was probably the turntable. Mm -hmm. Why that was, I don't know. But anyway, so once again, um, yes, it's, 
Yeah, we had to we had to get the turntable out of here. Mm -hmm. uh, if we're not gonna play records, I, I'm not gonna have it on here. I thought it would be dope decoration, but you know what? But that's my real turntable where I'd be cutting and scratching, and I'm not fucking lying to you. So other than that, make sure you call somebody, take somebody, pay somebody, slap shit out of somebody, let them know that Joe Cooley's in the motherfucking building. What it do, folks? Cool. All right, so we got 10 minutes. I apologize. I don't know what was wrong with Yo, everybody, welcome back to Rhodium Radio, episode 70. And I know you guys can hear us uh, during the breaks, and that's why we were talking shit on purpose. But uh, we we never experienced this type of bullshit, so I want to apologize <coughs> to you guys and also apologize to my boy Joe for this Sorry, shit happening. Man. You know, but what we found out that for some reason our uh, cameras have mics, and why those cameras' mics were on, we don't know. So hopefully it stopped, if you guys can. Give us some feedback on the live chat. Check one, two. Yeah, let my boy know. Yeah, here's the Mechel. So, Let's know. What's everything up? good? What's up? What's up? Yes, sir. Okay, so here's right what on. we're going to do. Mm -hmm. Okay, Joe. Let's, go, let's get into some of the records that I grew up watching you cut and scratch. Mm -hmm. And maybe you can help me out. And uh, it kind of sucks because this whole thing, this whole sound thing kind of put me in a little funk. So I'm I trying understand. to snap out of it. That's all good, dog. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I remember back in the day, and the beat goes on by Orbit. Uh -huh. That was one of my favorite songs to watch you cut and scratch. Oh, I, I, I'm gonna give you a couple of more, mm -hmm. okay? And if you got any good memories, you know, share them. All right. And then remember, "Body Talk" by the Deal. Oh yeah, oh yeah, man. I think I started mixing "Body Talk" in Compton on Mayo Street for some reason. That was just a fun song to mix. People dance to it. I have fun mixing. It works. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and just the little break things that we would find out of those type of grooves, the yeah. oohs, you know, and of then course. scratch it, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Midnight Star, Electricity, that was another one. You had to mix that. Right. Know? And keeping up with Uncle Jam's Army because they were advanced in the, the, the records, you know, they right. had the DJ pool, everything. So they had a lot of more material and i got a chance to go over there to their stores and get some vinyls too though to help my career out too at that time i seen bobcat in there one day he didn't know who i was at joe cooley <laughs> he in there he, having him a good time i walk in there i had a shirt on say king of scratch that name came from dj domino okay. for sure gardena okay you know what i'm saying and um i'm at the booth and bobcat behind the counter he read my shirt he said the king of scratch he started doing like this like he just wanted to battle me, but it didn't happen like that. We ended up meeting a little bit, you know, on down the line in Long Beach. Okay. Uh, they set up a gig and uh, he came down. It's like a uh, Romeo, dude named Romeo set up a party, a little, little little hall out there. It's like, would you come and DJ? I'm like, yeah, I'll spend, we'll pay you, blah, blah, blah. You and Bobcat. So I went on out there and Bobcat came on down too. So Bobcat, I think uh, he was trying to think, uh, we was going to battle, honestly. So when Bobcat got there, Bobcat seen me. I was in there just doing my little thing and said, Bobcat, like, nah, I don't want to battle him. You know right. what I'm saying? Bob was like, nah, I don't want to battle him. You know, <laughs> I was going to meet him, shake his hand. You know? Right. So that's how we met. Okay. Honestly, DJ Romeo, that's his name. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. So then. From Uncle Jams, if y'all remember him. What's up, Romeo? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then uh, when, another one that I used to love to see you cut and scratch was Apply, Apply, Apply Girl. Oh, man. Back. Boogie Boys. That was the <laughs> shit right there. <laughs> it just had that beat, man. And then it was all about the crowd movement. You know what yeah. I'm saying? We were trying to keep the flows right. Yeah. If we was acting like we was doing too much, then you're going to lose the flow, you know. So, Thank you. And, yeah. and you always kept the people dancing, even while you were cutting. Cutting, yeah. got to be smooth with it. Now, yeah. now, let me let people in know on a secret that may not know, mm-hmm. but you're the one that taught me this. Um, I would always see, especially when you did like Planet Rock or, um, you know, uh, Drive Rhythm Tracks, which we'll get into after. Right on. Um, you would always have your pitch all the way up. <laughs> okay. Right. And I remember one time... Uh, in my headphones, because we had two pair of turntables mm-hmm. uh, uh, set up, yours and then mine. So in the headphones, as I'm hearing you cut up, I'm trying to match up my pitch. <laughs> oh, yeah. And couldn't. I couldn't. So mm-hmm. I said, why does yours go faster? Right. And you want to give the secret or you want to? Yeah. Wanna okay. Well, got to open them up. <laughs> it's a little dial in there. It's a little pitch. You know, you just pitch it up a little. You got to pitch it. And, and, and pay attention to your, your your little dots too as well, you know. So them dots mean something. So you got to pitch it and watch them dots go up a little bit on the plus, and then match the other one the same way. Whatever them dots are saying on one, the other you got to pitch the other one the same till you get both of them dots to match up. But you are speeding up the turntable once you get them both matched while you speed them up. It's a done deal. Put your tops back on the twelves, and that's how I speeded them up even more. I don't know why I just wanted more speed. Wouldn't even drink coffee. <laughs> Now, who taught you that part? Oh, man, shit, I forgot my damn self. Somebody somebody around me opened up that shit. And did yeah, it. because I remember you go, here, take this off. You take off the plate, mm-hmm. take off those screws right, right there. Right there, yeah, yeah, get inside. You yeah. go, that's that blue button right that there. That blue button, like a little, little, little plus thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and believe me, everybody after that was asking me, why did your shit go so damn fast? <laughs> now, keep in mind, this is the 80s. Mm-hmm. I was charging dudes 50 bucks, bring your turntables over, and I'll speed them up for you. Oh, man. So, yeah. Shit, I missed out. Yeah, like, you don't realize what I'm doing, okay? <laughs> you didn't tell them. No, hell no, no. I wasn't going to tell them. I was going to do the old Joe Cooley trick, you know? <laughs> so, okay, now, drive uh, rhythm tracks, you used to play that shit. What was Favorite. it called, uh, 122 beats per minute? Yeah, 122. And then- I discovered that at the Eve at the Dark, too, as well. Yellow unknown DJs for spinning stuff like that back in the day. You hear them things. You didn't know what they were. You just had to go to the record shop and ask them to play something. And luckily, you can remember what you were seeing in that window looking at them records, and you can go match that, what you remember, at the mom's and pop store. Right. And no internet, none of that type of stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember back in the day, either you put a sticker on top of the record label mm-hmm. or you co- you colored it out because you didn't want anybody to know. Because yeah, I, yeah. I never heard of Drivers and Tracks until you played it. Right, right. So and then right. I asked you, mm-hmm. and you were like, oh, it's called Drivers and Tracks, right, 122 right. beats per minute. So mm-hmm. I remember I called up Steve Yano. You got, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I got that. Okay, cool. Don't tell wow. anybody. You yeah. give it to me. Yeah. You know, uh, here's another one. Uh, boom bang zoom or, or bang zoom the bang real zoom. the real Roxanne Roxanne yeah man yeah. Um, fun one yeah mm-hmm. uh, those were dope I'll tell you another one rock the bells of course rock the bells used to tear that motherfucker up right there I'm gonna have to agree but I had my good moments I'm gonna agree with Biz Marky on this one Jazzy fucking Jeff man that's his shit 
That's his shit? No matter what I do to that fucking record, that's his shit. Dope. That's it. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's dope. Well, these are my childhood memories before I heard of Jazzy Jeff. So, uh, here's another one. Uh, Electric Kingdom, of course. Oh, yeah. Electric Kingdom. And uh, I remember I mean, again, you're making music off of records, you know, so making our own little beat bounce, you know, in between. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Then uh, let me give you another one. Of course, crap work. Now, let's talk about that for a minute. I don't uh, uh, tour de France. Ooh. What a lot of people don't know, Joe, and I know you share this with me because you had an extra one. And you mm -hmm. gave it to me, and then I found another one that Steve Yano gave to me used. Mm -hmm. This was Tour de France, and it was the red label. Right. The red with, label. With the silver? No, it was just completely mm -hmm. red. And then there was the other one that was silver. All right. Okay. All right. I think these were like the imports. Because. Oh, okay. I still got my car. Yes. Yeah. Because, All silver. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because the red labels, you had to play on 45. Okay. And, and believe me, uh, uh, I still have a video of me cutting scratch Tour de France okay. with the red labels. All right. And um, if you remember, on the other side, at the very end, you play it, and it just starts off with the beat. Boop. Right, right, right. You know, mm -hmm. and I, when I saw you uh, go up and down cross fader, <laughs> I'd never seen anybody do that. No doubt. You know. Yeah. I think it's that little breathing the air part. I just messed around. You know, to get the, and then just the paw, 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 you know what I'm saying? Then I think Uncle Jams was dabbing in it too. Mm -hmm. One record I wouldn't touch because of Uncle Jams. I don't know if it was Bobcat or Egypt. I believe Bobcat. Survival. Okay. Grandmaster Flash, you know what I'm saying? That was, yeah. that was one I wouldn't really touch because. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, when I saw you, that, uh, 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 you know, going back and forth. Where you cut the music completely off, mm -hmm. and it was just the breathing. The, yeah, 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 and manipulate just them parts of the the, the record yes. on forty five speed too. At that on forty five speed, yeah, with the faders all the way up. Yeah, I don't okay. know why, but I, that's just me. Well, yeah, uh, I, I took that shit and I ran with it because I loved it. I used to like scratch faster than I did slower, but me too. I, you know, I like that fast shit. Mm -hmm. And then I saw you do it, which back then I don't know what we call it now because they have names for scratches. To me, it was just you were dope. He could scratch, right? Um, the only I think the only name that I knew back then was the transform. Mm -hmm. That was it. Mm -hmm. But when you started doing the clap, 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 we just called them claps. They didn't have another name. I yeah. don't know what they call it now. I mean, to me, they still claps. Claps. That's yeah. it. Yeah, I don't know what they. Call and it and because when I first heard Grandmaster Flash, it was just like it was mm -hmm. real simple, right? But you were like yeah, and our beast was fast. Yes, it was like you brought rhythm to it. Like you just totally changed it up. It's like taking a sample. And not just looping it, but you're flipping it. Flipping it, And that's yeah. what you did with scratches. Yep, yep. So. Take that and make it sound like something else. Put something in and throw them off a little bit. Now, yeah. people may be saying, Tony's talking too much, but I don't give a shit. And I'm going to tell you No, why. man, keep talking. Because I it's talk been years since we have actually sat down and man, chopped it up. Hell yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. No, I want you to talk. Don't yeah. stop. So, uh, and of course, now, here's a DJ question. If you had to choose one, one between clear and it's time to cut up uh, in a battle, and you only had one, which one would you take? Mm. It's time. Okay. 
I'll not fish. I got to have that. Okay. Yeah, because it's always something you can just just find in that damn thing, even though everybody basically do the same stuff. But uh-uh, it's always something you can still I ain't never did with that record. Right. Yeah. I mean, I remember it with the way you used to do it with the beats. Um, you used to take the, the kick. Uh-huh. And I was just like, okay, he's just not scratching. You know there you go. It's just not the it's that you're fucking no, with. It no. was everything. Try to get in after the time, then get that little boom, boom, cat. That little boom, cat. And then mix it up in between the other record. You know what I'm saying? And throw people off. Uh, mix master tricks and stuff. You know? Mix master tricks. I bro. bent the record back, but I think the first one, that was Tony G that bent the record back with the brrrr. Because it's like Congos. He had a style that couldn't nobody fuck with. Yes. Boy, bang. Man, that's man. Get well, the fuck out of here. Let me say this, and with all fairness, because uh, I talked to Tony G, and he knows how I feel about his his fucking skills, bro. Mm-hmm. Out of this world. And uh, I did a little uh, commercial, maybe about a little trailer for Instagram about a year ago, <coughs> where I mentioned Grandmaster Flash was the first guy that I ever saw scratch. Mm-hmm. But to me, Joe and Tony, in my opinion, were the best to ever do it. Appreciate okay. that, man. And, uh, you know, still to this day, you know, and, and, and uh, not to take anything away from DJs today. No. You no, know, no. but this was this my was, era. Yeah, know. exactly. It wasn't like it is now. And, yeah. and I, I remember one time, now I'm going to do a little bit of bragging. Mm-hmm. I met up with a, a DJ guy from Long Beach. And uh, he goes, man, man, we had to get a battle together, blah, blah, blah. He goes, you, get, you bring your guy and I'll bring my guy. The first person I thought was you. Again, I'm a teenager. <laughs> and then he he says, "Who's your guy?" And I said, "And let me tell you something." And I meant this when I said it. Right We're talking about in the eighties. I said, "This guy is the best in the world." Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's Appreciate exactly it. what That's I told way, him. Hey man, come on! And he you was got like, me smiling, man. I'm blessed. He, he said, "The best in the world. <laughs> the best in the world." Wow. So now, I go see you at a show, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's almost like I, I fucking prophesied it or something. I go see you at a show. You get on the turntables and you're fucking up rock the bell. bell. And fucking General Jeff goes up on stage. Right on. And here's what he says. Y'all ready to see the best DJ in the world? Jeff. Exactly. They put all that pressure on me, man. Exactly the way he said it. They didn't know that. But they were putting pressure on me. (laughs) God damn it. I want to see the baddest rappers too. Y'all better get y'all ass out there and fuck some shit up. Yes. Yes. Now, uh, um, one thing about your style was that if people do not know you were left-handed, right? Even though right. you scratch, you know, right. with both hands, because you were the fastest motherfucker that I've right. ever seen. Mm-hmm. But when you were scratch, it it just looked so damn smooth, bro. That's just that late night practicing, man. Um, you know, you go over a, a certain one scratch. Same thing with the bass guitar. You go over a riff, do it a million times. You'll be able to do it in the dark. You're gonna do it to what? Uh, it's something simple, but you're gonna go over that simple thing. Keep on repeatedly till you get what you hear. I will say something with my mouth. I gotta go learn how to do that. If I hear it, I want to do it. You know what? I know I can do it because that's why I'm saying it. That's me. That's what I think. I say things that I want to go do. Yeah, that's awesome. And because. My son, when he would see me scratch, when he would see old videos, he would say, how did you come up with that? And what you just said just confirmed what I always thought. If you can hear it here, yeah. you can put it here. Yeah, yeah, it starts right up here. I, I get that concept. I'm like, I'll talk it out. I'll make the sound. And next thing you know, I'm like, the signal is coming. It might be days later I let it go. But then when it's time, it pops out. It pops out, yeah. 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 Then you just go to work on it. Yeah, and, yeah. and see, and that's the 
to tell people, I used that to tell people that like, okay, if I taught you or Joe taught you or Tony G taught you, we can teach you the basics. Right. But ultimately, you have to hear it here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't hear it here, then it's just you're just pretty you're much gonna, you're gonna be at that wall forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Planet Rock, of course, that's one of them. Uh, Big time. Oh my God, dude! I'm quite sure it's still some some junk in there we ain't touched. I know, I know. <laughs> or just haven't did it a different way. You know, you, you know. I I, re I remember still hearing. Um, I, I saw essays and blacks at oh, the yeah. club. And they're over here dancing real fast on Planet Rock. Mm -hmm. You have you got the instrumental going, and you're like, and I'm like, fuck. I'm like, still partying. Still partying, man. Back then, they would party to your scratch. Yes. No, they don't really do that no more. No, no. it's all about. Well, I'll leave. They just want to see some big performing us. Everybody in front of the stage. I don't know. It's just not the same. Right. Yeah. Uh, my whole thing is, can you rock a party? And uh, I saw that growing up uh, with you. So now, uh, let's talk about the transition from from the '80s, early '90s to now. We don't have, no no longer have to carry records. We have Serato. Did you adapt to that pretty quickly? Mm -mm. No, I still haven't. Really? I still don't like it. Okay. I wish, but it has this good and and I, I just like vinyl, man. Right. I, I wish everybody knew music was out on vinyl. Right. You know what I mean? And yeah. Y'all couldn't put out no records. It should be illegal unless y'all shit came out on vinyl. Put that shit on vinyl. Right. So the DJs can really put our hands on it. Now, everybody hitting buttons. I got that shit too, but I don't like hitting the buttons. I'm still backspinning. I don't know why. I'm still chasing the record, man. I just, all that shit's right there. Cues, everybody got all their tricks set up. I still don't fuck with that shit. And I haven't learned the software to do it. They right there and I don't want to. And, and you know what? I, I've said exactly what you said to people that are really heavy into today's technology. I get it that technology is good and it's good. You know, we, we can advance with it. It's and, a curse and, too. Yeah, you know. But at the same time, when you see a guy, boom, yeah, boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom, just touch the record, that, that sits right back at the beginning. I'm like, huh? So they they didn't master that shit. Just touching the button, and that's just a half a spin or some shit. Right. What two bars, four bars, and y'all niggas is that fucking lazy? You can't spin the fucking record, you assholes. Fuck all y'all. Get the back fucking spinning them fucking records. Ease off of them colors, man. Period. Period. Can't stand that shit, man. Well, I'm glad that uh, uh, at least you're being honest, Joe. Because you know what? Motherfuckers, man, all that shit get on my fucking nerves. Hey, bro, I, I feel the same fucking way. But fuck every time shit. I voice my opinion, you're just get hating, mad, bro. No, well, fuck it. Let them feel that way. I just don't like it. You know, I know. I can do some parties, set it up nice, but when people known to see you do certain things, they pay to come and see you do that shit again. Yes. They don't want to see you up there fucking with no buttons, man. Thank you. Y'all got to learn that shit. They don't want to see Joe up there fucking with no buttons. Period. Because uh, I would not want to go, especially seeing a guy that I consider my mentor going mm -hmm. up there. Bing, 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 bing. Yeah. <laughs> Man. It's good, though. You know, yeah. I'm not going to be bitter about it. You know, it's a new a new thing now. It is a new thing. Yeah. And, um, shit. You know what? Do you still have any of your old school mixtapes? Ah, boy. No, only some shit that people have sent me on CD. Okay. Of us live on K-Day. Oh, but wow. me, far as me making my own mixtapes, nah. 
Okay. Cause we had got into the music side of the industry right. and stuff. I wasn't at home recording old mixtapes. Right. 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 We you know, Joe, there is so much history here with you that we may have to just put together a part two because that's cool. Because we haven't. I want to come back. Yes, and thank you right. uh, because we haven't even talked about you getting an SP twelve hundred. None of that. To start creating beats. Yeah. Uh, so now, let me ask you this question: As you made the transition to start producing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if I'm correct, a lot of people don't know that you produce, but you don't hear me though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, did starting to produce take away from your turntable creativity? Uh, no, nah, not really. Nah. Honestly, I was loving the, 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 the SP1200 and to be able to take the turntable idea and put it into that drum machine, actually. Yeah. Everything that we made was coming off of the turntable. Back yeah. then. A lot of our records, our albums, was made from us digging in a record crate and take it to the SP-1200. Me, Ronnie he don't know shit about the temp. He don't fuck with that. Right. He had an MPC-60. That's where he was later on, but, you know, earlier, actually. But uh, the SP was my thing. Yeah. And I learned that from my boy, Psycho, Andrew Holloman. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know what I'm saying? He his showed majesty, me, remember? His majesty, exactly. He the one who showed me how to rock the SP-1200. Yeah. He would come to our condo out there in the valley. Me and Rodney O used to be roommates. And uh, and he just gave me the class on it. I didn't know nothing about it, but I wanted to. And he showed me everything what I needed to know how to do. And he was also an, another good DJ. Oh, man. Yeah. 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 Uh, what do you call itself? Something uh, Prince or Knight or Arabian uh, Night. Arabian Knight. There you go. Yeah, Arabian Knight. He was out in Santa Ana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A skating ring out there they had. Yeah, yeah. That's where I met him at. Out there. I think it was, wasn't it. Uh, there was a place called Old World. Old World. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's where I met him. Yeah, I remember I saw him transforming one time with the. I think it was a. I want to say GLI mixer, and he was uh, uh, the phono line button was sideways. Oh, okay. And he was transforming sideways, and I go, damn, this motherfucker's pretty good. He had a little something. When I met him, he had the whole little ninja outfit on, and everything. So he was doing his little show and stuff that night too, as well. So that's when we linked up. Um, when you started touring, mm-hmm. you got started performing Everlasting Bass and all those all those jams. Do you ever get any DJs that try to get ballsy? What's up, homie? You, you know, uh, you want to battle? You, you want to take it on the turntables? Did uh, anybody ever try to approach you like that, Joe? No, nah, honestly, everybody was kind of cool with me. Actually, I seen some DJs do some shit I couldn't do with a click button after a few years, too. Really? Yeah, man, fuck me up. I'm like, you got to go practice. This when crab scratching and creepy scratch had just begun. Yes. You know, so I'm seeing cats do some shit with the click button. I'm like, huh? Work at the radio station somewhere. I'm like, this little boy's pretty talented. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, damn, somebody else out there is good too. You know? Yeah. 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 Don't I always think you the shit. Can't nobody beat you. Are you just the Top Gun motherfucker? Just be ready. Somebody out there got something too. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, I'll tell you, the guy that blew my mind like the way Joe did. Maybe just not as much as up there like you, mm-hmm. but was right there. Mm-hmm. Was in 1991. I was in Houston, Texas, and I was DJing for Quick, Second to None, AMG, High C. Our whole crew, our records had just came out in 1991, so we were touring together. Gotcha. And we were opening up for EPMD and DJ hey, Scratch. Scratch. Oh, yeah, man. I ran into that guy. Now, I'll be real with you. He's bad. Yes. I got something to say about him, too. He may not remember, but you say if anybody wanted to battle me, not over here, but it was somewhere we was back south. I think it was us, EPMD, Scratch was there that day. It's it like a summer jam type thing. We didn't have a lot of time. They didn't know much about us. I think it was Washington or somewhere, somewhere back there. Um, 
And uh, he was there too. I think he was like, oh, you Joe Cooley or something, blah, blah, blah. He's like, if you got time, you want to battle, we can set up, we can battle. And that was Scratch. Really? Yeah, he's like, if they let us go out there and battle, what you want to battle? I'm like, if they let us get time, we got time. But they wouldn't let us set up to battle between all them groups and shit like that. Wow. What, what, yeah. what year was that? Do you remember? Mid-90s? Yeah, somewhere okay. up in the mid-90s. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I he was hungry for it, though. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I heard about you, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's after the, the mm. seminar and all that shit. Okay. Yeah. Because in, I want to say it was 1991 when I saw him. Mm -hmm. And I saw him do a lot of crazy shit. He he would probably beat me on them tricks. I, I, that's the way I was feeling when the, I seen him. He had a lot I'm of not, tricks. I'm not a trick dude. Yeah. You know? you, right, right. So when you want to come and scratch, then we can chop it up. But right. the tricks, he was going to get me. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna share something, and when I saw this, it literally blew my fucking mind. Almost like, what the fuck is he doing? Okay, oh, yeah, man. here's what he did. And now, if he ever listens or if anybody ever sends it to him, right on. We were at a stadium in Houston, uh, like fourteen thousand people there. It Ooh, was sold out for sure. And of course, he they give him his own little time with his cutting scratching, and then he finally gets on his chair, puts one leg over the mixer. So now he's pretty much. You know, like this. Uh, While he's going back and forth, he's putting down his zipper. <laughs> okay? This is no lie. I got you. This guy pulls out his dick. Uh, of course, he has some butt on. Yeah. And he's moving the fader back and forth with his dick. And Shame on you, Scratch. No. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> let me tell you something. And people that do not believe me, no, uh, man. Uh, Steve, uh, may you rest in peace, uh, recorded all of that. We right have on. that on film. Oh, that's dope, man. Yeah. But he was good at a lot of, a lot a of lot tricks. tricks, man. You know? Yeah, man. He's a bad DJ still today, man. Yeah, still to this day. And we cool. Okay. Yeah, we did link up too, man. Just, uh, what was this, the NAM? Okay. Uh, what's that, January? Okay. Yeah, so he was there at NAM. I'm there. Everybody after the little DJ thing, little after little thing. So it's a trip, though. To see some cats from New York that you always looked up to, and you don't know if they like you or what or not, <laughs> you know. He was the first one to really come up and walk to me in there. Everybody's like, hey, what's up, Joe? But when he seen me, he got up, man. Yeah. Came and chopped it up, took a picture with me, and sent it to Jeff. No shit. Yeah. Yeah, you know, stuff yeah. like that. So that just influenced me that night. Don't drink. None of that shit, you know, just be cool, you know, just lay low, man. I appreciate that vibe that he was pushing. And, and you know what? One thing about me is this, that whenever I go somewhere and it's that type of atmosphere, I won't drink. Yeah, I didn't really want to. I didn't feel comfortable. You yeah. know, they, everybody smoked a little weed, all that. I didn't want to do none of that shit. Not after me meeting somebody that's very important in the game that night. To me, meeting Scratch was important. Right. My, my, whatever buzz I would have had would have went down. Right. You right. know, just on respect. Um, cash money. You ever chopped it up with them after? Yeah, I mean, you know, we we didn't shed a few little good words, man. Me and him, I, just to set the record straight for everybody out there, nah, me and Cash always been cool. Okay. Yeah, big time. Okay. Mutual respect for one another. We both was frightened. Right. You know, against each other on the wheels of steel. But uh, people like, would you battle them again? First, I was like, hell yeah, but nah, we're too old for that shit, man. Right, right. Mm. So, so, so let me ask you this. We got a couple of minutes. Uh, um, and again, there's so much that we we can cover, right. and I, that's why we we'll, we will definitely have to do a part two. Mm -hmm. 
And um, especially knowing that the fucking mics were kind of fucked that up. Why, how that happened, I really do not know. We've never had that problem here before. So I uh, would like to definitely invite you back back, so we could talk about how you met Rodney, how was it when you guys were touring, whatever. For sure. We can go through the whole thing. Right. Not too much about the breakup, but I let people know. You know? Right, right. You know what? Right. That's uh, unimportant. Yeah. We want to keep the good vibe and keep talk the about good, good vibes. Yeah, man. Good times, man. All right. Um, other than that, um, um, there was one thing that I wasn't a fucking actor and I fucking forgot right now. And I have a good, I, and I brag that I have a good memory. Oh, you're you doing know? good, dude. But, Your memory way sharper than mine, <laughs> man. Okay, now, um, oh yeah, what can people expect from Joe today? I know you're, you're, uh, we've, been, we've been putting up your Instagram up right. on the screen where people now can go uh, follow you, speak to you, DM you, or whatnot. Uh, do you have anything coming out? Are you working on anything? Are you going to be DJing I'm working, soon? Yeah. Well, I'll, this year, I just want to, uh, well, we can't really get out right. there and DJ right now. So it gave me time at home to finish doing what I'm doing, really just get back into creating new music. It's hard for us to try to put out new music. We can't go in the mold crates no more. So I'm advising everybody else out there, call yourself producers. It ain't about just getting up on uh, the drum machine and shit. Learn how to play some instruments. So that's why I'm at home playing my bass, you know, right. sticking with that type of stuff. Build new music around that type of thing like that. Okay. Mm hmm. Now, have I done anything? Yes. I'm working with one of my buddies right now named Frosty Mac. Okay. And, uh, he's an R&B singer, but he do rap too. One year older than me, but he sound good. He got some hell ass vocals. He used to sing at the store. I'm running every day. I go get me a beer and this cat outside singing. I told him, I'm like, man, you ought to just come by my spot, dude. I got a stu little bitty studio thing. We kept on talking about it. Then he's like, I'm gonna come up. I'm gonna come up. We're gonna hook up. So he finally came through and I plugged the mic up. And it was the first one to record him and actually let him hear his cell phone CD that fucked him up. Cause he's just coming home from prison, been locked up super since the eighties. Wow. But got a lot of fucking talent. He got God in his life. I don't mess, you know, you gotta have God. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So that's what did it. Awesome, man. Yeah. Awesome. Shout out one more again, though. Shout out to my boys on the East Coast from the Bronx, Percy P, Diamond D. You know, that was some stuff I did do a little bit of project with, with my boy Ray Swift. Right. So stuff like that. Okay. Oh yeah, man. And, and again, I have to announce that we didn't even get into all the cutting and scratching that you did on Everlasting Bass on oh, yeah. Supercuts. I mean, uh, let, let me just touch on Supercuts through the whole song when you did the that motherfucker was hard, bro. <laughs> that shit was hard, man. Skip Sailor Studio, man. Yeah. So let me tell you something. Every DJ. When they heard those cuts on those records, got a boner, homie. Uh, sure. um, it was an eargasm, homie. That's For what it sure. was. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So appreciate that. But that's what you gave us, man. Like appreciate you, it. you made my, my teenage years like, uh, I always say the eighties was the best for me. Me too. You know, was the mm -hmm. best for me. me and too. of course you were a huge, huge part of that. Thank and, uh, you know, I got to see the master at work, man. So, but we're not done as far as, uh, we still got to talk about your whole music career. You, you traveling, you producing, we're cutting good. on record. How did you meet Rodney? How did you meet Jeff? Uh, all that. I want to talk about all yes. that. So yeah. we'll definitely be back. So all now right. it's the time. If we want to give any more shout outs, uh, uh, you can and we're going to say goodbye. Shout out to all the fans, everybody keeping up with us. I love you. You feel me? Mm -hmm. All good. So listen, everybody, once again, I just want to thank this man for um, uh, blessing me with so many dope years for so many dope memories because uh, I don't know what kind of child childhood I would have had if I would have never have met this man because he was a huge part of my 
entire DJ career. All my mixtapes, my cutting and scratching. This guy to me was my mentor. And I had the opportunity of meeting him at a young, young age. So I just want to basically say thank you. You're welcome. And I want to say that as far as DJs is concerned, here in the West Coast, mm -hmm. if they were to ever, Joe, to make a statue of a DJ, it has to be you. I wish it would be. Okay. All right. I, I'm just being real with you. Appreciate I'm being that real with one. You. Yeah. And I don't see anybody, I don't see anybody uh, uh, disagreeing. Right okay? on. So. Um, I can't wait to do another session with you most definitely most yeah, definitely yeah. thank you for accepting uh, uh my invitation so uh other than that everybody let me go ahead and give a shout out and once again you can go to the website documentary.com and buy the the high seat uh first album that i produced you could buy the the mixed taste for for 30 for those of you that still like cds the only reason why we pressed it pressed these is because many people kept asking for cds and then i also get those people man cds are old then don't nah. buy it it's not for you okay right. But for those who still like CDs, all good. Uh, if not, was you know what? How do you say this kindly? Vete la verga. So, anyways, um, yeah. So, uh, other than that, let me go ahead and thank my boy John Motherfucking Elkins for making all this possible. He ended up fixing the sound, so we apologize yes. for all that shit. But if anybody can, John Elkins can. Okay, he'll be opening up his strip club soon, so make sure you guys hit him up. Looking on, for a DJ? Yeah, exactly. John Motherfucking Elkins. Uh, dot com uh you can still download his uh nudes uh uh dg took his pictures he's got his anal bleach still on sale okay uh believe me if your shit is brown and you want it pink that's the man uh other than that you know what let me go ahead and give a shout out to my boy dg daniel dg media clips and uh let me go ahead and uh give a shout out to my brother spice smuggler he's still selling uh refurbished dick pumps so if you guys are uh, doing this quarantine you guys want to give a little yankee to your wanky hit him up spice smuggler and to my brother uh my boy son be scandalous for helping me promote this and i also want to thank me but let me say this sunday i have um a double feature since we're talking about djs since we're talking about spinning i got two females coming in uh they don't like to be called djs uh, they like to be called soul spinners, and I'll tell you why. That's dope. Because all they do is play soul music. Oh yeah. So it's something different for you guys. All right. And I believe it's something that started here in LA, and I want to shine a little bit of light on that. That's so, gonna be nice. Yeah. So tomorrow I'll post that up. So other than that, go to the Chicano Rap Documentary uh, donation. We need just a little bit over fifteen hundred bucks, and believe me, we're gonna start filming soon. If you're a Chicano and you were rapping in the nineties. From here in LA, okay, because we're, we're going to be covering different cities. Get at me at rodeonradio at gmail.com and I would like to hear your story and we'll get back to you in a timely manner. Give us time, okay? When I say time, it doesn't mean a couple of hours or the next day. Give us a little bit of time and we'll get back to you. Other than that, we're going to go have a couple of shots, going to have a couple of beers, smoke a joint, un toque, and we're out of here, pal. So, see you guys Sunday. Tony Vision. Joe Cooley.